0: My name is Gloria Tinu Um I'm married and I have two daughters, two amazing daughters. Um, by trade, um, I'm a psychotherapist, uh, counselor, and I've been working in mental health for a couple of decades. I don't want to give away my age, but I've been at it for a while.
1: Hello and welcome to Obeheat Podcast. I'm your host, Obeheat l and I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started into this episode.
0: Um, I recently um, became an ordained minister and uh, working independently um, in terms of not necessarily attached to any church, but working my ministry is working with young people and um, people who um, still have faith, you know, but might not necessarily go to church anymore. So that's my, um, uh, my target group. Um, I, by day, I work um, with an organization called uh, Diabetes UK, and that's working with families and um, people who live with diabetes, which is a, a very serious uh, condition. I also am an advocate for uh, sickle cell anemia, and um, presently working with a group of uh, people to write a book um, with the experiences of uh, what they call warriors and caregivers and advocates. Um, and when I have some time, a personal time, I love to dance. I love classical music, jazz music. I love that what is shape absolutely
1: you fantastic.
0: <laughs> you asked me about myself. <laughs> <laughs> that is
1: great. The conversation just now um, for our audience is that we are going to be talking about uh, mental health in, in the African community, in the African diaspora community, and for some strange reason, this is something that we don't talk about often, even though it affects us a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Because we are just like every other human being, it affects every people in this world. Uh, mm-hmm. So it is good that from time to time we also talk about it. The first thing I would like to ask you is um, why we don't why don't we talk about it a lot, or is it me that it's just having the feeling that we don't talk about metahead as much as we should?
0: Thank you for that question. It's a great question. I think we've been. Um... There, there are lots of reasons why we don't talk about mental health. And unfortunately, um, a large percent of it has to do with fear, um, how we've been socialized, um, our religious beliefs, uh, tradition, culture. But all of those things have worked hugely against us um, because that uh, that fear about what saying you have, um, Issues around mental health. That fair around That what what it has done. It has made people hide um, when they're struggling. When they're. Um, whereas there's certain things that could easily be done to support people with uh, mental health problems. You know, being I always say one of my um, favorite uh, quotes is that you don't have to be mad to have mental health problems. Mental health is is, is part of a uh, general well-being. We have physical health. And we have mental health, you know. Where if if your physical health is is um uh is is in trouble or is is failing, you go you go and get um help for it. Similarly, you know, you may have um pressures, and stresses of life that can at times create problems um with with mental health, and it's nothing to be ashamed about. It's nothing to be afraid of, um, and because we have these beliefs that um the traditional uh, idea of someone with mental health is a crazy person running down the street naked. But in reality, all of us go through some level of um, distress. It's on a continuum, you know, from one end to the other, where uh, the issue of mental health, uh, there, there may be periods in your life where mental health, your mental health is really at a low ebb or you're under a huge amounts of stress, um, which in this day and age, you know, um, <laughs> the percentage of people who are really struggling with their mental health has quadrupled, you know, and and we see it in how people behave. You know, there's um, self-harm, and self-harm is not only about uh, maybe cutting yourself, it's overeating, over-drinking, being promiscuous. There are all kinds of things which represent self-harm that people don't realize. Um, And um, people behave, you know, in ways that, cause harm to their family, you know, without realizing it's because they're going through a period of um, difficulties with their mental health. So that's just a snapshot. Um, and I think the, the the attitudes really need to change. Otherwise, we're going to create generations of people who, you know, this thing about generational trauma, you know, generations of, of people, our young ones, we just we just have to look at them now, you know, with social media, you know, that's a whole section of mental health issues that social media has, is creating you know the pandemic you know so there's there's just so much that um at the moment is happening to create huge problems with our mental health so we really need to get a grip and um stop thinking of mental health as some strange thing that happens only to certain people or it's, you know somebody has put some you know juju or magic and all that nonsense that people associate with it. We have to understand that mental health is nothing to be ashamed of. And sometimes intervening, you know, with very quickly, um, with um, uh, a certain uh, uh, difficulty that you may be going through within your life, intervening very quickly, people being able to say, look, I'm struggling, um, I'm feeling depressed, uh, you know, just being able to talk about it without shame you'd be surprised, can reduce that difficulty uh, and, and create a more healthy um, state of mind. So, yeah, we need to talk about it. So thank you for bringing it up.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Just so we can have a little contest in it, I was reading some, some posts uh, before we started the, the interview. You know? I was going through uh, something like this, you no? Know? about the statistics of what is going on within the diaspora community, whether you are looking at maybe the US or UK, or just look at the Africa in general. It means that what we are talking about is not some kind of isolated cases. It's huge. It's really huge in the community. I don't know what is your take on that, because it, I look at it to be something really serious. No, We don't need to sweep it under the carpet. I
0: mean, without being overdramatic, it's an epidemic. It's an epidemic because from where we were two three four years ago to where we are now there's an explosion of mental health problems suicide is on the increase men young people and that that comes from the impact of social media um people are behaving in the most outrageous ways and it's not just young people it's their parents you know, so social media has created its own mental health epidemic. Then the, you know, that's been compounded with the, the couple of years that we've um, been in the pandemic. And uh, what that has, the, the problems that that has also created, it's increased domestic violence, it's increased, you know, um, again, the, the level of suicide with young people, you know, so where we are right now, mental health is massive. And in the West, there's an uh, acknowledgement of it. You know, there are new programs being turned around. I mean, everywhere now, the mental health um, uh, programs to, to support people across the board because they, we're, we're in trouble with it. So the West has always had a more open minded view around mental health, even though there's still stigma, even in the West, you know, but at least. There are places that one can go, you know, to get support, and that is, you know, the governments here are throwing money at it now because they know, you know, as far as the the, the workforce, you know, the, they're going to have even more problems if they don't address it. So where are we in 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 Africa? What are we doing? You know, is there any kind of acknowledgement? I know there are more organizations coming up, you know, um, beginning to try to work around mental health, but You know, it's something that within the families, families themselves have to be comfortable to allow themselves, their children, you know, to be able to talk about it, you know, with a little bit more compassion and empathy and understanding about what mental health is and moving away from the old stereotypes um, and misinformation you know, uh, around mental health, we have to come away from that, you know, ridiculous image we have of um, the person, you know, who has mental health, which is nothing to do with us. We all have mental health. And saying mental health, as soon as you say mental health, I remember I I was doing, um, I I used to write for the Punch newspaper in Nigeria for, I wrote for 10 years on mental health. And when I first started, people said, you can't, I, I said, I wanted to call it um, mental health matters. And they said, no, don't do that. The people won't read you. You know, you, you can't call it mental health, call it well-being or, you know, <laughs> I said, uh-uh. if you want me to do this, that, that, that's part of the problem. It's mental health. And we have to be able to say the word without, you know, freezing up. You know, it's not a bad word. You know, it, 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 think of it just as, like I said earlier, you have physical health in the same way you have mental health and either one can be out of sync at any point in your life, you know. So um, from from being warned against it, I ended up spending 10 years writing about mental health, uh, which was quite an eye opener that people, and that was 10 years ago. People were ready to hear about it. They were curious. People were sending messages, letters, you know. So there is is an appetite, you know, to understand it, but there's still a lot of, Stereotype and fear that we really have to work hard um, to, to overcome.
1: All right. Stereotype and fear that we need to overcome. I, I like that. Now, uh, as human beings, uh, we are living in this world. This is our world. This is us. This is where we live. No? I think we should be courageous at sometimes to face the problem and call it by its name. Uh, because if we don't call it the name that it really is then we will just be fighting shadow and when you are fighting shadow you're actually fighting yourself because you don't have the yeah. object that you are you are tackling you can never find a solution to things like that now uh, we are both from Nigeria no uh, Yay! you are pro-
0: <laughs>
1: okay uh, having said that what I've actually tried to go from here is that we understand the where we are coming from in terms of our culture, our value. And because you are older than me, I'm going to put the question to you like this. How do you know I'm older than you? Oh, come <laughs> on, I can see that. I, I read I read your bow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is there something that prohibits us from really looking at this and calling it what it is, this issue of metahead Is there something that is really that is preventing us from really looking at it the way it is, culturally speaking?
0: It, it's because of the stereotypes around how we've always um, thought of uh, mental health. And very typically, anybody with mental health, like I said, is somebody who, um, you know, to use, um, you know, how uh, the hair is that you know, I don't know if you know what that is, just, um, well, locks <laughs> that are running wild. Still, some of those internalized colonial attitudes, you know, Mm -hmm. because um, that's a whole different conversation. Um, But anyway, it's yeah, it's it's the stereotype. Like I said, thinking of when you say mental health, everybody thinks of someone who is mad. That's and for that, nobody wants to be um, associated with that. People don't see their behavior, their day-to-day behaviors, as having having anything to do with. um, mental health, like a woman who has had a baby and who's going through postpartum depression. That's very serious. For some women, you know, they they can harm their children. You know, um, they they can harm themselves. That's mental health problems. People don't see that. And typically, if a woman is going, we've heard of women back in Nigeria, there were were a couple of um, high profile women um, who killed their husbands. And one of the things that I asked was that, Just out of curiosity, had this person had a baby recently? And they said, yeah, she just had a baby. that's And nobody thought of postpartum depression. And that's a very serious mental health problem, which can be dealt with very, very easily. You know, by giving the person the attention they need. Sometimes they may need to be on medication, which is another thing. People have this um, fear of um, being on medication for mental health. It can be the difference between life and death. You know, uh, for some people and it, and it just for a period of their lives. They need that. They need the attention if they don't get it, it can then. You know, develop into something quite serious and become, you know, a real psychological um, psycho- psychopathic problem. You know, it, it, mental health is something that if it's not addressed um, and it's allowed to fester, some people can come back from it, you know, by themselves you know, um, but some people actually need intervention. And it's that understanding that for somebody to say, I'm struggling, a lot of times people don't have the language. They don't know what's going on. And that's where if family recognize or are open to, okay, what's, what's happening with you? I see your behavior has changed. You're sleeping more, or you're not sleeping. You're eating too much, or you're not eating. You know, there, there's certain things. It's just Having the mental health awareness, I think we really need, you know, um, serious campaigns where we can talk about it. You know, even talking about mental health. Um, I, I went to Nigeria a few times, and um, I was interviewed on the TV um, because, which was those are great um, attitudes for just trying to get people to get comfortable with hearing the word mental health and understanding what it actually means and coming away from those awful stereotypes and stigma. The more we talk about it, this is a great opportunity and uh, I'm so thankful that you're, you're doing this, you know, being able to people to hear, you know, what mental health actually means and not to be afraid of it. And even then think about their own lives and periods of their lives where they feel, you know, we use expression, English language is great. It says, um, I, I felt, I, I feel on, on the edge. I don't feel myself. I feel, you know, I'm, on two, I'm, of, uh, I'm of two minds. you know th- All those words suggest something, you know, going on within a person's um, emotional or psychological, you know, mental well-being that is not, that they're not at ease with themselves. These are all indications that maybe something is going on that it needs for you to just take a minute, you know. Um, self-care, what do I need to do when I actually feel myself on the edge, you know, and we all know those days where we feel, I don't feel right. I, you know, I I don't, I don't, I don't feel I can go into the world today. Um, I'm, I'm really edgy. Um, And it's again on a continuum that those who feel just like that. And those who feel the extreme of that, that even goes into a period of saying, "I, I don't really want to be in the world, you know, and they're all little things that people actually say, That if you have an awareness of mental health, you can sort of say, okay, let's, do you want to talk about it? You know, sometimes that's all it takes, you know, because when something is in your head, sometimes in your subconscious, if somebody, if you are given the space to talk about it, then it comes into your conscious mind. It reduces it. but if you don't talk about it, it stays there and wreaks havoc. And what then happens is that you um, begin to um, act it out in ways that you don't realize that there's a connection. So it's just been all these things. People, when I talk about it, people say, "Oh my God, that's what I've been feeling. I didn't realize that." You know. So sometimes it's just just that awareness, bringing that uh, awareness into people's um, psyche, that really is helpful.
1: Thank you very much for that. That is very important. But uh, another thing I'm trying to out of curiosity, I'm thinking about now is why is it that we easily connect mental health to um, spiritual thing? Maybe somebody is having some, um, uh, having a, a manifestation because of what is going through psychologically speaking. They will easily say, okay, this one is because you have been bewitched or things like that. Why do we easily make that kind of connection?
0: Well, unfortunately, I mean, back in the day, um that 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 is part of our culture. that is part of a tradition that you know that, that I mean I, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> cast any uh, negative, well, you know, uh, uh, speak negatively of, of the culture per se and um, where spiritual happenings you know exist. I'm not I'm not going to necessarily say that doesn't exist within itself. But unfortunately, I think what has happened later on, especially the the times that we're living in now, it has become a business for the church, certain churches. And, you know, please don't shoot the messenger. (laughs) We all know it, Um, you know, um, it's big business now. Um, And because people are in such desperate situations, people are are struggling with mental health. Serious mental health problems based on the stresses in their lives, you know, um, real life um, health issues. Unfortunately, there are people who are taking advantage of that. And um, that, that is very disheartening because it, it, it's, it's in, inhuman to do that. Um, because sometimes people are going through, you know, emotional and psychological pressure. People are depressed, there's a lot of depression out there. And um, rather than people getting the help they need, they 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 are drawn to these places, who we'll then take advantage of it, you know, and and then come up with all these things that you just said. And it's a spiritual attack. It's somebody's mother's father's uncle that's having a go at you. All that stuff, you know. Please stop it. Stop it. You know, we're killing our people with that stuff. You know, um, and like i said you know there will there will be people who will you know um not be happy that i said that but um it's the truth and we know it
1: thank you for that you see we we really must be courageous to say it this is the truth we know we know that uh okay i'm not going to take the argument further than that no it is um, <laughs> what, what we what we will, will refer to as a gee you know in the mm. sense that when Uh, people are growing up to a certain age we have a stigma for them we call them witches and wizard and all that but we forget that uh, you that is a younger person you refer it to another person as a witch or wizard that very soon you also become old people will also call you witches and wizard you know and then you are responsible for the problem of the society whether you are supposed to be a treasure for the society because you have gone through a lot to be able to grow to that, you were supposed to be there to give advice to people and all that. Okay, like I said, I don't want us to and, trade and that.
0: One other thing, one other thing quickly. Yes, please. I mean, we used to be a people who respected and um, um, revert our, our elderly. It, it was more the people in the West that um, sort of threw away their older people. We were people who, who really, um, our older people were... We're, um, were seen as elders, you know, who had wisdom, you know, unfortunately, you know, like you said, we see how in some, at, at, for some people, the, the older people are being, you know, cast aside. And something that um, people are not understanding is that with a lot of older people, um, there's dementia that we don't understand as dementia. And that's why, you know, for some older people are, are, are cast aside and seen as, crazy and mad, you know, but they may be going through, you know, um, dementia, which again is, 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 is a mental health, you know, condition that affects older people. They're not witches, you know, they're just going through, um, a, a, a natural human, um, uh, mental health, uh, uh, problem that comes up for older people at times.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. All right. Now let me take a step people, backward now. How did you even get started with this project, with this method, uh, um, the sector? How did you get involved in it? How did you get started?
0: Yeah. Uh, when I think back, it really happened very organically um, in the sense that um, from a very young age, I seemed to have the capacity um, to attract people to tell me their problems, you know, uh, people are, from a young age, um, and um, when I did start thinking about uh, my career, um, I I initially in university, I did uh, business management um, and um, I really don't know why I did that because I have no business inclination whatsoever. But um, <laughs> I, I like to spend, but I don't have business anyway. Uh, when, I, when I finished that, I found that I wasn't excited with my um, qualifications. Um, and then I... I started writing um, for um, newspaper in Nigeria. I started with Vanguard and um, then I was with the Guardian and I did, and then Punch. And, and I found that um, very quickly, I people were sending me messages, um, asking me different things and asking me to, you know, um, give them advice about different things. And something started stirring. I think that's where it really started stirring in within me—that real um, desire and passion to to support people, you know, um, emotionally. And then when I came to the um, uh, the UK, I trained in uh, uh, counselling. Um, and when I finished as a counsellor, uh, my tutor or mentor was saying, "Look, you have something. There's something." There's, you have a gift with this thing. Why don't you pursue it even further? And I said, okay, I'm, I'm curious about it. I'm excited about it. And then I trained to be a psychotherapist, you know, um, went four years in, in that training. And at the end of that, with that um, uh, qualification, I, I, I then could practice as a, a mental health worker. Uh, so really that's how I got into it. And then I did some work with uh, women in prison which was um, the, the period where Nigerian women were mules, um, considered mules. Um, and then I was working with the women in prison and through talking to them, beginning to understand that a lot of them were traumatized. A lot of them um, had mental health problems. A lot of them were depressed. So my interest was really heightened at this at this stage. I even then, I worked with an organization called Amwa, uh, Mama Amawa Africa. And uh, our work took us to uh, Amsterdam, you know, to Italy, you know, see the Nigerian women who were there um, and uh, the women who had who been trafficked to uh, Amsterdam in the red light district. And all of these women, all there was all a theme. They were all women who had mental health problems they had been abused they had been you know raped they had been you know a whole range of things that you know people even they themselves didn't understand as what part of what might have been driving some of their own behavior so at this stage it then became my work you know this was then something working with women and particularly my interest was with um, women of color uh, and even more focused african women so that's how it, it all sort of started. Hmm.
1: That's interesting. And, and that is also a, a deep story of itself, no? The journey that uh, African women go through here, um, the Nigerian women also in this case, no, in Europe. What do you think the people need to know? I mean, the people in the diaspora community about uh, about the argument we are having today, mental health.
0: Well, just um, really being open to understand your own mental health. What mental health means to you. Taking um, stock of how you feel on a daily basis. Understanding that um, if you're struggling, if you're finding that um, uh, there's a stage in your life where you know your per- or a period in your life where you 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 feel under huge stress, and how that stress is manifest. What you know, if it changes your behavior uh, on a daily basis, if you find yourself really struggling. And there's some basic things, like I said, you know, if, you're, if you find that your sleep is um, interrupted or disturbed, um, you know, or, or you're waking up very early in the morning, you know, not sleeping, you know, continuously, waking up, you know, constantly early, um, not being able to go back to sleep, you know, problems with, um, eat like I said, eating too much or eating not eating enough, Um, just generally, you know, struggling with daily life, you know, um, take a minute, you know, find out, number one, you know, within your domestic setting, you know, if it's your husband or your wife, you know, talk to them, talk to them about how you're feeling. And and each person, the husband and the wife, be open to hear what they say, really listen to what they say, you know, we need to create an atmosphere where people feel safe to talk about it. Because if you're ashamed or you feel you're gonna be judged, you know, these are all things that shut people down, you know, that just, where they just say, okay, they have to just deal with it um, and do whatever. Sometimes it's, it's even things like, um, uh, uh, over spe- you know, spending money that you don't have. You know, sometimes women think, um, oh, they just, they just like nice things. But if you find that, you know, that has become a source of, um, you know, using spending as as a way to to, to, to cope with difficult feelings that you're having, it's all part of the symptoms um, of what people do, coping, what they call coping strategies. There's so many coping strategies. People use drinks, alcohol, I mean, alcohol, drugs, you know, um, overspending, uh, all kinds of abusive behavior. There's so many things that people use to cope. And sometimes coping strategies, are, they're good, um, but for a period, because it helps, um, it helps deal with the struggles you're having. But when it becomes something that is counterproductive or is something that is causing even more harm to you, like if you're spending money you don't have, or, or you know, uh, spending money that should be used for the well-being of the family, and you can't stop. You know that's that's a problem. You know, and why are you doing that? You know, it's like people who overeat sometimes. You know, it's like you're stuffing, trying to stuff the problem down, push it down, but you know, it's going to come back up again, and it, it'll it'll come up in ways that you're not aware because. And that's where domestic violence comes in for for men and for women, you know, because men are abused by women too, you know. So there are so many symptoms, you know, that that give you um, a sign that something isn't right. And it's being able to either one yourself understand that, okay, I'm doing my behavior is causing more harm to me and to people around me. What's going on? And and people just being able to communicate with each other. We have to be able to to listen to one another. Or if the family is noticing another family member behaving in a particular way, you know, call a family meeting. You know, make the person feel um, able to to open up, you know, not accuse them. You know, just, okay, what's going on? We noticed this, we noticed that. How are you feeling? Uh, You know, just... To create an, uh, a, an atmosphere where people can talk because it's, it's all about the communication and um, being compassionate, being empathetic. It makes a big difference. And for some people, you know, uh, when I was doing one to one counselling and therapy, people who have been condemned, you know, within a six week period of doing counselling or therapy, you know, they're, they're back to them their normal selves again. Which, if they didn't have that intervention, it could have progressed into something worse. You know, so we have to be able to talk about this thing. We have to be able to to, to mention it without cringing, without being fearful, without being accusatory, without throwing all kinds of um, unhelpful um, uh, stigma onto mental health. Mental health is what it is. It's just similar to physical health. If you think of it that way, you know, if someone has cancer or any kind of illness, you know, people don't, you know, Condemn them the same way our, our mental health is under huge stress at the moment. You know, so we have to be more kind to ourselves and be able to 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 listen to each other.
1: We have to be kind to ourselves. That is very important.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, mm, are there some causes? I know that okay, we are looking at the human being. And the human being is a very complex machine. Oh, you know?
0: yeah.
1: All right. Are there some causes that we can say, okay, these are responsible for mental health that have become very alarming today in the society. I mean, the African diaspora community as it were.
0: One word for that, social media. It's one of the most, it's, I mean, I think, you know, it's a gift and a curse, you know, because the fact that, like what we're doing today, you know, we can talk to people in the other end of the world, just like that. That's, that's a gift. We've never had anything like that. But social media has now become, you know, something, something else. And um, it's creating, it's creating monsters. <laughs> you know, um, and, and people need to be mindful of how they're interacting on social media. I mean, right here in, in the UK, it has now, um, they're now saying for young people, Um, the the impact on young people who are taking their lives from being on social media, which to me is just mind boggling, you know, but that tells you how the level of the impact, you know, it's having on people. So social media is not going away. You know, the internet is here to stay, but people have to respect the dangers that come with it. And they need to check themselves. They need to check their, you know, their, their children. Um, and, and the really scary part of it is that the children are seeing what their parents are doing on social media. So, um, so sometime, sometimes when I see, especially um, Africans, I, I, I watch some of the interaction and, and, and postings of, um, of Nigerians in the diaspora. And I think, are you for real? You're, you're talking about yourself and your family and other people. You know, they're using social media and that, that has now become uh, a, a mirror of, of who, we, who we are and uh, where we are within our own mental health. Because people, I look at some, some of the things that I say and I say, this person must have a mental health problem. You know, you, can, you can't you can't expose your life and yourself in this manner and not know that there's a problem with that or the kind of things that you're talking about Um, to the world should be something that that you should should keep within your own household. So that people have lost their inhibition. You know, anything goes. Um, And so in that respect, that that is a a big issue uh, as as one of the causes for real serious mental health problems. People trying to live lives that they can't live and pretend that they're living lives that they don't live, all of that, you know, so that's a whole, and that generations of, of, of people and, that are coming through from, from social media, that's going to be a whole different problem. But I think, you know, the other thing is, um, you know, relationships, you know, um, how people interact with one another, either um, romantically or just as, as a family, you know the relationships people are having with one another. People have to be able to to notice, like I said before, when somebody is acting out of character, and and not see it as um, something to, to to post on social media. This is funny. Everything is click. Everything you know. People have lost all sense of humanity. That this is not. This is not something that you. That, that to laugh about this is not something to. Um, it's not entertainment. This person is 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 struggling with something, and um, you are you are encouraging them to continue in that vein. So we we we've lost something, you know that. And I like to use the word humanity, a sense of humanity, um, for, for one another that we really need. and, and as Africans, that's one of the God given things that we we have. That that humanity that we we really must protect, you know that that is something that is 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 uh, we've been blessed with as a people, and we seem to you know be losing that, um, and there are consequences for it, and our mental health is is, is affected. So um, as far as causes, there there, there are so many potential causes. Um, or mental health problems, and I think you know, just raising awareness. The more we talk about it, the more it becomes it comes into our consciousness, and we we, are, we become more, you know, um, conscious about it, um, and thereby being able to maybe you know explore it a bit more.
1: All right, explore it a bit more. In fact, that is what we are also doing here today. We are trying to explore uh, this problem that we have in the community, which affects everyone. If you are a human being, you must understand that you are liable to suffer some of these consequences. Imagine, for example, uh, the period that is ending now, let's hope that it's ending, which is about the COVID 19 pandemic, where a lot of people were locked down. I remember that I started uh, an interview series. where I talk to a whole session of uh, African diaspora, try to understand what are you feeling? How is it going on with you? Because it has never happened before that everything is locked down. You are at home. It's not a question of at home that's actually the problem. For the fact that you are living in a small space, and this space is where you are going to do everything. If you were one person, it is one thing. But now you are living there with your family, that is, you know, it, it reveals us a, a the real human being at the end of the day, this period that we pass through. I think a lot of psychologists are going to have to examine it for a very me, for very many years, no. In that we say we are we are tired of working, 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 but now the system have constrained you to stay at home in one place, no working, but many people also are complaining. And really that is where the, the the problem is. How do we manage this space, this time? that we are living together. Do we have anything that we can learn from it? Are we really learning anything from this experience that we have just passed through? Or is it really the cause of this uh, of uh, in, in, the, in the case of mental health? Of course, we are talking of the African diaspora now in a general sense. But I have a lot of friends here in Italy. I have done a lot of interviews here in Italy among Italians. This is something that is growing very high also. Outside the African diaspora, and I'm sure if you go to a UK and look at a particular demographic, say maybe only the English people, I am sure that it is also growing high. So what I'm saying is, is it possible that this period that we spend at home because of the pandemic has increased the metahead issue? Help me with that.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I mentioned that earlier that um, domestic violence has shot up. You know, I mean, uh, they, they, during this period, they've, they've had more calls on domestic violence um, uh, problems than, than ever before. Um, but, you know, the, for some people, they, it has been a blessing you know um for some for some especially you know a, a lot of the men have said that they've had a chance to get to know their children you know they've had a, get a chance to get to know their spouse um and, and that and that's been great and it's made them feel oh when whenever the pandemic is done they want to they, they want to structure their lives differently you know they being able to um uh, being forced to 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 be at home and and st- see what they've been missing in terms of the interaction with the family. For some people has been, you know, incredible, has been, um, and and they've decided, you know, um, that they want to change how they live. But unfortunately, um, the the most percentage of people have developed very serious mental health problems. And, you know, because for some people going out has been um, an escape route you know, going out every day to work, you know, and then being, finding that you can't do that anymore. Um, they've really struggled with it, you know. So it, it's, um, it's a mixture, it's a mixture. It's, um, you know, some people, you know, some couples have found it difficult to, to work together at home, you know, um, being in the same, fi- you know, the, the space to do work, both of them doing work in, in, in the house, being on top of each other has been difficult, but then when I think about it again, you know, uh, this is the Western living because you know, um, back in in our in our in our home hometown in our home countries, you know, people lived together. Big communities lived harmoniously together. You know, um, so it, this is part of the, the maybe the negative side of um, Western living. You know that. People are not used to being in, in, in the same space with one another, but we have to learn how to do that. And, um, you know, it, it but the sad part about it is it has created huge mental health problems. Um, and the most significant has been the domestic violence. Um, and also with, um, even with children being abused um, uh, on, on many levels um, from, from having, um, both parents at home and stressed. The parents are stressed, and they take it out on the children. So um, it's it's a real problem. It's a real problem. Uh-huh.
1: All right. Now we see this problem. The logical question now would be: What are the solution? Are there some remedy to resolve this problem? Because I remember in one of your responses uh, a few moments ago. You talk about the, the fact where you were making reference to the case that happened in Nigeria, the woman that gave birth after that, she had issue because people didn't understand it, then it led to uh, a major problem. Then you said, if you had been noticed on time, uh, it could have been resolved. Which means that there are solutions Sometime now, Please share with us, what are the remedies to some of these problems?
0: Well, I, th- I think it's, um, again, a certain level of awareness. One, self-awareness, the person themselves have to have a level of um, awareness, self-awareness themselves, understanding that what's going on with them at the moment, there's something not right. You know, you might be able to have that um, self-awareness yourself um, so you can say, okay, um, I'm feeling really sad at the moment. And we all sadness is part of, you know, Human emotions that, you know, like um, anger and all of that, which are normal and healthy. But if it continues unabated and interferes with your daily living, or um, you find that you can't do, you know, you're you finding it difficult to get up in, in the morning. Um, you, you finding it like I said the same things that I mentioned before. You know your, your eating has is is being interrupted. You're not sleeping well. You know if if it if it happens after maybe a bereavement or you're grieving again, those are normal responses and 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 are healthy when you're going through a, a grieving period. The stages of grief is if you and then if you get stuck in one of those periods like your, um, there's the anger, there's the denial, there's the, all of that. If you get stuck in one of those stages and it goes on for a prolonged period of time, then something else is, 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 is going on there. So that's with lost bereavement. But then just as generally uh, on a daily basis, you know, we may go through a period where I say I'm feeling kind of, we use the word depressed, I'm feeling depressed. It may It may just mean you're feeling sad. And after a day or two, you have a good laugh with a friend you know, you, um, you know, find some form of relaxation, then you bounce back. But when it d- you don't bounce back, when you find that it's, it's going on for a long period, then one, if you have enough self-awareness yourself, that's when you say you, you talk to your partner or you talk to a friend or you talk to, um, you know, if you have access to healthcare professionals, if you're in the diaspora, you know, hopefully you have more easier access to to mental health care. You know, you have to be able to step up yourself, you know, um, and and seek help. You know, just to be able to, you know, sometimes, like I said, you can you can book in for consultation or you book in for a counseling session, and it's there's nothing it's nothing to be ashamed of. Just talking about it, you'll be amazed how one or two sessions of talking about it, just immediately brings it the whole thing down. You you get it, you've got it out of your system or you identify something that you hadn't thought about before and that has come from talking to a professional. You know, they've helped you um, examine something that you might not have considered before that you can then, you know, work on. Self-care is also important. Like I said, I have a very heavy schedule. From Monday to Friday, I only have one day off, and that day off is filled with all kinds of other things that I pack into it. But I also know when I've got to my limit, and or when something is 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 feeling, you know, um, a little bit um, difficult emotionally or psychologically. I I like I said, I love music. Music is one of my greatest sources of um, therapy. Um, I I turn on music, and it just it soothes me, you know. Um, I I have a very um, active relationship with my my daughters. You know, they are my tonic. I tell them all the time. Sometimes I'll call them. I'll say, "Mama is struggling." Oh, they say, "What's going on?" I say, "I'm feeling stressed." You know, can you come? Can you come over this weekend? In fact, it's Mother's uh, Mother's Day on this Sunday. I'm so excited. They're coming over. <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know, so I know the things that I my go to. Things. I have one or two girlfriends that I call and I say, girl, uh, you know, I'm, I'm having a rough time. And she said, OK, let's let's go for a meal. We go and we laugh like babies. And I, then I get back. So I know myself and I know I, I, I'm working around a lot of trauma, a lot of um, depression. I, my work is, is around um, uh, emotional difficulties. So I take a lot of that in. Unconsciously, by virtue of the work that I do, so at some sometimes my own issues or what's going on with me may meet up with a lot of the stuff. I may be triggered by some of the work I'm doing, but because I understand myself, I know the triggers. I know those moments well. I'm like, oh, okay, um, I need to, I need to take a day off. I need to just shut it all down. And sometimes it means I have to say no to certain things that ordinarily I wouldn't want to say no to but I'm, that's self-care because I won't be able to do the work I'm doing. And I have a family, I have a life, I want to live long. So um, the things that we have to do to, to, to keep ourselves well, you know, and you have to learn what you need. I love burning oils, all these, my senses, I'm very, those type of things, you know, keep me, um, they, they, they keep my stress level low. So I know the things that I do that um, help, me um, deal with my stress you know uh, because we're living in a stress-filled world at the moment you have to know what you need to do for you first and foremost and then you know your family um talk to your family your family need to also understand for each other you know and that that sometimes you know people are even people are afraid to talk that that's the other thing i found you know couples are afraid to talk to each other you know about how they're feeling and um we have to be able to do that. Otherwise, um, we, we will have problems. We'll have problems. And the children, you know, also children don't know how to, to talk about how they're feeling. You know, they're afraid to. Um, we have to pay more attention as, as a family unit to what's going on to members of the family. they me- not the physical, the mental health, you know, because uh, that's ignored. People don't even deal with that. You know, it's the physical thing. If you have a problem physically, or you have a stomach or this or that, but there are other parts that you know are being neglected and it's to our peril, you know, because um, this is the world we're living in now is traumatized. We're living in a traumatized world. There's a new war that has started in Europe. You know, we don't know how that's going to impact um, where that we're going with that. So there was everywhere. So we're, you know, the the world is traumatized, put it like that. And uh, we're all part of the world.
1: All right. The world is traumatized. All right. So sorry about that one. (laughs) But that is the reality of the day, you know. All right. Now, for the African community, because uh, we seem to be paying attention to that, and we really should do, because that is our Mm -hmm. demography. Is there a way that we can deal with this issue differently?
0: Well, I mean, there's so many... Um, creative ways, you know, that that, that, that the more traditional ways, some of the ways that I've talked about before. But I think one of the opportunities that I feel really sorry that is is missed is um, with um, the media, you know, uh, a lot of uh, um, African people in the diaspora watch um, African movies, you know, Nollywood and all those things. And Acting has always been um, a source of, a place where you can show, um, teach the people how to, how to behave. You know, like we still till today, a lot of the Nollywood films and drugs, cause well, Africans that we watch a lot of those films. And unfortunately, mental health is still depicted in the same awful way. You know, uh, health generally illnesses, you know, um, if you have an illness, it's because you're being cursed. You know, um, if you have you know mental illness again, you've been you know. So we're not we're not moving the narrative forward. We're not we're not teaching. You know, I would love that's such an opportunity to to show mental health in a positive light. You know, to show it as something different than you know all the negative. Um, um, Stereotypes and myths that we have. I really, truly wish that we we were able to use those because people spend so much time watching those things, and it just, you know, um, what's the word now? It, it just increases. That's I'm thinking of a different word. It, it, it is exacerbated, so it makes the 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 the, the, the story or the issue of mental health. It keeps it in in a particular, you know. Um, Keeps it under keeps it on the, on the, the darkness around mental health. It keeps it there. And uh, I just feel that that's a lost opportunity, you know. Um, so that's that's, that's that. <laughs> um, I, again, um, it would be really, like I said, what you're doing here is amazing. And um, the more we talk about it, the more it becomes something that we can talk about, something that um, is not taboo. Because mental health is still—I mean, even in the West, mental health is still like I said. There's still there's still some stigma attached to it, but like there's more d- discussion and conversation and uh, awareness programs about it going on all the time. So people feel more comfortable um, um, to 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 get help. But th- the more we talk about it, the more people um, will begin to see that it's something. Um, that we, we shouldn't be afraid of um, and, and it's something that um, is part of our lives. And it's something that in order for us to, to live the best quality of life, it is we need to pay attention to it, you know, um, and, and it's just conversations about it that I, I think will make a difference, you know, um, as with everything, things that were taboo before, you know, um, the more they talked about, the more it becomes um, part of um, uh, daily conversation. And hopefully, you know, people can then begin to, you know, um, look for the, the, the help that they need for when they need it. And know that having mental health problems, you know, again, I said it earlier, you don't have to be mad to have a mental health problem. Um, and it, it and for a lot of people, it's very temporary. You know, I we go through, I want you have a sense of, Understanding and awareness about it yourself, you recognize when it pops up. Okay, I'm going through a period of something, and it may be attached to because people, for, for women also, you know, their daily cycle. They're women who suffer very severe PMT, which is the you know the the, the menstrual cycle every month, and for some women, you know, it, it can be so severe that it can cause very serious mental health problems for that period, they, they, they do very destructive things. You know, um, some men will tell you that for certain periods of time, every month, their wives become lunatics and they don't understand what it is, you know, um, and and it's it's part of um, uh, mental health issues that that's how they're affected during that period. So again, rather than, you know, see it as, okay, the woman is just, she's just mad for five days in the month you know, talk to her, what are you feeling? What do you need? You know, um, because again, you know, it might be something that over a period of year, um, years, if, if it's not addressed, can then develop into something else. You know, it's all about early intervention, recognizing because maybe for those five days in the month, she needs different type of um, relationship with the family. They, she needs to be, you know, tended to in a different way that then allows her to um, overcome those um, feelings that she's having, which hopefully um, will, will then not develop into something more difficult. Because from that, then it can be when she does have um, some other stress in her life, in addition to what she goes through on a monthly basis, then, because mental health is funny and complex, you know, sometimes one thing can latch onto something else. And if they're not dealt with, can then become something big, you know, um, so that, that it's just having that where that word awareness keeps coming up One self-awareness and general awareness in, in the community.
1: Thank you so much, uh, <clears throat> Dr. Gloria. I really appreciate the time. All right. Now. Uh, we have come to everything I want to ask you, I've asked you, I said maybe you have something else you want to share because I think the conversation is very, very important, Now Exploring uh, mental health in the African diaspora community. And we have seen also the statistics, the data is, uh, is something very important that we need to talk about. And of course, something like this, at least we need to do it from time to time. Let's Let's talk about it because... By talking about it then we come to understand how we are feeling because if i don't tell you what i'm feeling you cannot know it's not possible no
0: also in terms of um you know that that you can the all the different levels of support and help you can get and even if you you're not struggling necessarily with the mental health at the moment you know um book in some sessions one or two sessions with um a, a counselor even a coach you know just to to see where you are with, with yourself you know, um, we spend money on a lot of unimportant things every day. You, you know, spend a little money on your, yourself, your mental health, your well-being. You know, uh, if you don't want to go to a counselor or therapist, you know, because you think, oh, that means that something is, you know, wrong with me. You know, book in a couple of sessions with a coach. You know, I'm a coach. You know, there's coaches everywhere. You know, coach helps you to just, you know, look at things that are going on in your life at the moment, something you may want to change. Um, something that will enhance your well-being. sometimes we have to invest in ourselves you know and from doing that because part of what coach a coach does is help you to get the full potential, your full maximize your full potential and you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> so um, working with a professional can help you explore those things and you can find um, something some information that can give you um, a, a, a window into what may be potentially going on with you that can develop into something more serious. So invest in yourself, in your mental health, and don't wait until maybe you're um, feeling really bad before you do it. Sometimes, you know, put a little you know money aside, go and get two or three sessions just to, to see where you are, you know, um, that maybe give you some, um, uh, some some insight into your own psychological um, well-being and state of mind. So that's what I I would love to to, to say to people um, that don't, you know, step out of your comfort zone, take the decision that, okay, I'm just going to, you know, um, get a couple of sessions, you know, maybe even once a month, I'll get a session or two just to see, you know, to keep me um, that level, that self-awareness, you know, Raise your own level of self-awareness and keep yourself healthy. You know, keep your mental health healthy. Don't wait until you're unwell or you feel or you're struggling. That's um, a little bit of um, advice I'd like to. So how can people connect with you? <laughs> uh, I'm really, you know, me and technology or all, all that stuff. I can't, I don't know what the URL and all that, but um, I'm, um, I have a website, uh, www.turntogloria.com. And that's my website that will tell you all the work that I do and how you can reach me. So that's www.turntogloria.com, all one word. And you you can find me on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn and uh, Instagram.
1: (laughs) Just type my name. It'll come up. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It has been a pleasure on my part. It's
0: been a joy for me. Thank
1: Thank you. you. Thank you so much. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehe podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remember Obehe A14. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you in the next episode.